Everybody, would you have a seat? Happy New Year, everybody. It is so good to see you all. Wow, it's this wonderful time of worship, and it cannot start this year better than this. And uh, it's so good to be here, and great to see all your beautiful faces, and what a wonderful morning this is. It's almost noon. I'm getting hungry, so let's get this going. All right, so once again, Happy New Year. My name is Toby. I get to serve as a lead pastor here, and it is just an honor to serve here for the Lord and for this church. And uh, we have, uh, uh, like Pastor Phil said, we got this mochi pounding going on a little bit later, so let's get to that. You know, every year these mochi, you know, it gets in your throat and people actually die. So please be careful. Chew on it. No ambulances today, please. All right. So let's 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 have some fun. And speaking of the New Year's, um, I am uh, Japanese and uh, Japanese American. And growing up, I had this growing up all the time. This is called. This is called, yes, there you go, osechi, all right? This is the Japanese traditional food, and some of you already know because you all have that Japanese in you too, so this is the Japanese osechi New Year food, and it's very healthy. It's supposed to be very, um, you know, it's, it's good for you, and it, it lasts for a couple of days, and it's a lot of veggies, a lot of good, healthy food. To be honest with you, growing up as a little kid, I didn't like them. It's too many veggies, right? And it's like, man, it's healthy, but as a kid, you're not looking for healthy food. But, you know, everybody gets together. We have to eat it. So, all right, mom, I'll eat it. But, uh, and then as a teenager growing up, um, by the way, that's not my mom's, okay? Yeah, but she's, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. She, she does a really good job. But growing up as a teenager, I'm like, mom, I need some meat, man. I mean, like, that's like not a lot of meat. A lot of veggies, I don't really care for those things. Um, but it's funny because I'm... Uh, 37 now, and I'm getting older, and this year for New Year's, I wasn't with my family for the very first time in a long time because I was serving in Vancouver and uh, speaking at a youth retreat, and I missed it. I'm like, where's my Osechi, mom? And like, so mom, I'm coming over today, all right? So I hope you have some leftovers for me. But you know, the funny thing is this gets better and better as you grow older. And I'm the more appreciative, I see some head nodding, okay? So you, you, we're the same age, good? All right, about the same age. And, you know, and, and, and as we grow, we come to appreciate these things more and more as we get older. And, you know, with the relationship with our God, it is the most important thing that we could think of, right? But this also, as it gets better and better as we get older. As we grow older, appreciation for the Lord increases. It deepens more and more. And it's so important for that we have this growth. It's critical to us because we can't just sit there, but we keep on growing. And that's as we age. And this year, it's funny because this, I'm living this out. Uh, I'm going to Israel for the first time in my life. And in, uh, yes, and it's, uh, it's coming up. And, uh, and I never even as a pastor, had this passion to go to Israel, this Jerusalem. And, and my father-in-law, who's doing a tour, it's going to be like in Japanese. He does this every year, but he invited me. He's like, I'll pay for your trip. I'm like, all right, it's a deal. You just got to pay for your plane ticket. I'm like, okay, I could do that because it's not that expensive. So I'm going there. But as a kid, I never really cared for it. And as a teenager, not everybody's like, oh, we should go to Israel, the Holy Land, Holy Land. But I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. I don't, I don't really care for those things. Even as a seminarian or even as a young pastor, I'm like, eh, Israel, it's kind of far. I'd rather go to Japan, you know. So, like, that was, the, honestly, that was who I am. But as I grow older and my faith deepens, 
can't tell you how excited I am right now. Like at night I wake up I'm like, oh, I get to go to the Dead Sea. I get to go to the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it's just, it's just so exciting. And I'm, I'm growing older and my desires for the Lord changes. It deepens. And, and, and the, the appreciation for the Word of God deepens and appreciation grows. And I hope you're here today and I hope you're looking forward to this wonderful year. And I hope you're here right now because you have the desire to know more of God and grow in his faith, in the faith, and then overflow with his love. And that's what this church exists to do. And I hope that's the case. And I hope this year we get to experience that. And I am so excited that I hope it's not just me. I know it's not because I could feel it. But this year is going to be our best year yet. It's going to be our, our year of growth, deepening, and appreciation. And this place is going to just, you know, just, just dream with me. This room filled with these chairs and new friends and family and people are hearing the life-changing message of Jesus. And it's, it is the Spirit of God that is being touching these people. And this place will overflow with the love of God. Amen? I mean, that's what we envision for this year and, and the, for the future. And as Pastor Phil mentioned last week, we're going to go through the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, from cover to cover, or, you know, from chapter 1 to chapter 20, 23, 20, 24. Yes, 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 he's a scholar right there. Now, I should know these things. But anyways, you know, we're going to go through this from chapter 1 to the end, and we, we're going to let God speak to us and, let, and really see, I hope you get to appreciate this journey together of deepening our faith through the gospel of Luke for throughout this year. And today we're going to look into a story. We're going to go right where we left off from Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at the lives that are being dedicated to God, including Jesus Christ himself. And we're going to check that stories out right as we, but right now, let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for this, this place where you are here and where you are inviting each one of us to to walk with you in this journey of faith and deepening of our appreciation for you. May this year be a fresh new year with a fresh new anointing, with a fresh new outlook for this deepening of our faith with you. God, would you take us maybe a place where it might not be comfortable, but because you're there, God, we trust in you and we will follow you. So, God, would you speak to us this morning through the stories that we find in Luke chapter 2. So we thank you for this. Thank you for this church. And thank you so much, God, for each and every one of us who are here to seek you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke wrote this, uh, this gospel to, to Theophilus. Remember this guy? His name means love, loving God or he, the one who loves God. And he, this is written out to those per, that person who is seeking to experience God more and more and just excited about his love more and more. And that in itself is written out to you and I. We're all Theophiluses. I hope that's the case because we want to love God more. And again, we talk about Luke being the author of this book, and he is not an eyewitness of Jesus. So I assume, and I could just imagine him being the physician and a scholar that he is. He's walking around, hey, we met Jesus, let me get an interview, can I sit down with you? And he's talking to these people, and I have a hunch, a very strong hunch, that he did that with the mother of, Mar- mother of Jesus, Mary. Because we can see that in the writing that he's, and we're going to go and see that in our passage later on. But this, like I said, it is right where we left off after the Christmas Eve service. We talked about these angels coming and, and singing Gloria 
you know, the praise to be God. And then there's this, uh, th- th- this manger that is, has Jesus in there. And that's where we pick up in verse 21, chapter 2 of Luke. So if you could look at the screen, if you could read this verse with me together. So as we get this going, here we go. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So just like, remember, if you could remember a couple weeks ago when I shared about John, this is when this uh, circumcision takes place. He's a baby boy on the eighth day. That's what happens in this Jewish custom. And then the naming ceremony, the name became official. The name Jesus became official to everybody. That's a pretty significant thing. And let me ask you this. Is Jesus' name official to you? Is he just a is he just a, a made up story, or is he somebody in the history, or is he officially your savior? Because Jesus Yeshua means God who saves. Is that official? And if not, let's make that official. And now we're looking at this story right here about Jesus being uh, uh, dedicated. But before that, from that time, the eighth day. So follow with me. Eight day, he's being circumcised. The naming ceremony is taking place. The, uh, the, these people, the relatives, they all know that this is Jesus. And from this time, according to the law that we find in Leviticus, the, the second, uh, uh, third book of the Bible, it just talks about this, the Leviticus law, which is the purification period that needs to be taking place. So after eight days, 33 days of purification needs to take place as a baby boy. A different period for a baby girl, but for a baby boy, 33 days. So during that time, Jesus and his mama could not leave the house. So, you know, it's good for, you know, good for newborns, right? Because we're getting ready for that right now. Our baby boy is uh, being born in, in May, and we're thinking about our times. And, yes, those early days we have to stay home because we're taking care of and. Um, <clears throat> And that's exactly what's happening in these, this uh, Mary and Jesus. So they can't go out to church or back then the temple, uh, and they had to stay home. The purification need to take place. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you follow me, there's eight days, 33 days. So 41 day after the birth of Jesus, Mary the mother took Jesus to Jerusalem, to the temple, to dedicate this, this, this child to the service of God. Normally at that time, a family would bring a lamb to give as an offering to God, to dedicate this life to God. But they were poor, so they could only afford to buy two doves or pigeon, because that's also according to the law of Leviticus. So these, these customs, the Jewish people, the Hebrew culture, they had, and the only thing they could afford is, is this two doves. You see the symbolism here? This is remarkable. This talks about where Jesus came into. He did not come as a, I mean, that in itself is an act of humility, right? But also it is is this to a family where they cannot afford something expensive. There's only two doves. You know, that displays the humility of God. Even under human standards, there's, there, there's, they're not wealthy people. And that's the family that God chose to give birth into. And thank you very much. Uh, and then, I'll take that. Thank you, just in case. but there's more. There's more. Jesus was the lamb. They didn't need a lamb because he was the lamb, right? 33 years later, he becomes the very sacrifice that Jesus was the lamb that brings salvation. So here in this temple court, 
there's this there Mary and, and, and most likely Joseph, and then Jesus come into this temple. And then there's this two people who encounters this baby Jesus. It's this beautiful scene where we find these two godly men and women. So we pick up on verse 25. Now there are the, the man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout. He was waiting for a consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Simeon was waiting for this moment all his life. See, back then, these Jewish people, they didn't really think about the coming Christ, the Messiah, that would actually happen. But Simeon was ready. When they saw Jesus, he picked him up because he knew exactly who this was, the Son of God, the Messiah. And this is Simeon so excited and waiting for this moment. And we don't know how old he is, but he was definitely old because he was kind of ready to die, really. But he wasn't going to die until I see my Jesus. And that was him. Talk about a dedication. He was waiting for this moment. And now he says, now I can die in peace. Because I have seen the salvation work of God, not only to Israel, but the nations all over. And that was his, like, the moment. You know, this, this moment. And he's living that moment of his lifetime. And then he looks to Mary and says, blessed Mary with this. Let's read this together, and I'm going to pick up from Luke 3, uh, 2, 34, the latter half of 34. So can we read this together? This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. I'm not sure how Mary felt after that. I mean, it says he blessed him, but... Those are some pretty strong words, but it definitely did foretell her story, her life that was to come. After 33 days of purification period, Mary dedicated his son, her son, Jesus, to God for our salvation. 33 years later, Mary saw Jesus literally be sacrificed the same place of Jerusalem on the tree, the cross, for him to be the ultimate sacrifice, to be the Lamb of God that they could not afford at that time. You see this story is unfolding. And talk about a sword being pierced on her soul. How hard is that for a mother to have to see her own very child die on the cross? I mean, this is the life that she is about to live. And and, and and into that, she has this feeling about, yes, this is the Savior. This is what the Lord wants. But this is also my son. If you're a mother, you could identify with that. And that's what where uh, Mary was going. And then as she was in this real mixed feeling, she encounters another person. Her name was this her name was Anna, a prophetess who was serving God and then also blessed them. 
So just as a side note, as we are serving God, you will encounter people that might come from an unexpected place to come around you and bless you and support you. And this was so important to Mary because Mary, I mean, this is this little teenage girl who just had this crazy baby birth. And now this is happening in her life. Just imagine where she was and imagine how thankful she was for people like Simeon, an older person, and an Anna, an older woman who was coming around her. But here was Anna, who was also a very dedicated woman for God. And we picked up here, 37. It says, she never left the temple. Never left the temple. But worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, Simeon and Anna, they were on the same page. They knew exactly who this baby was. But talk about this day and night. I mean, she was there I mean, praying for this moment. And then some scholar says, uh, the Bible scholar says, after this, Jesus and the family moved to Egypt to spend a couple years. It's not found in Luke, but it is found in Matthew chapter 2. And we'll have that. Uh, you guys could read that this week too. But this is where uh, he's escaping the hands of Herod. And, uh, and now they come back. And at the end of chapter 2 of Luke, we find this unique snapshot of Jesus when he is 12 years old. He is this preteen. Some of you have a 12-year-old. And he is in this temple court, and he's taking... He's like at this most advanced youth class you could ever imagine. You know what I mean? Like he's at this temple courts and there's these like scholars and he's talking and I, 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 nobody wants to be there. And not especially if you're a kid. But here Jesus sitting in them and it's like, you know, like advanced class. I mean, possibly there was Gamaliel with the Paul's teacher. I mean, he was there like speaking to Jesus. I mean, that's what's happening. And we only find this here in Luke, a snapshot of Jesus when he was 12 years old. And as Mary observed all this, and we, 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 um, she's like, wow, this is my son. But then in these moments, she sees the deity, the godly posture and godly attitude of her son. So she has this really mixed feeling because I know she's just so loving and caring for their child. But also, he knows, she knows that she needs to give him up for the, for the work of God. And as a mother, there's a lot of feeling going on. But as she discovers, she's thinking about the words that the angel said. And she's thinking about this life that she, she will have and the life that the son will have. But in, at the end, verse 51, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And then verse 52, and Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and men. This is our Lord Jesus growing up in front of our eyes here in chapter 2 of Luke. So we find in this chapter many of these dedicated men and women of God in today's story. And some, we got we to give it up for Joseph, you know, because he's like the unsung hero. He doesn't come up that much, but he definitely dedicated his, all his life to be the earthly father of Jesus. I mean, who could say that, right? I mean, Joseph, I mean, he definitely had to go through a lot because there's a lot of social reputation at the time, and, and, and there's a lot of things that he took, and he's definitely the, this dedicated husband and a, and, a, and a father. And then... There's Mary, a mother who gave up everything, every hope, every dream to be the mother of Jesus. 
But you're so young. You're so much this heart of growing. And I, I could say this because I saw you when you were not as old, you know, as a kid growing up. But now you're getting older, but, but you're, you're, you're shining more and more. I hope this is going to sit well with God. But no, I'm, what I mean is I see a lot of Simeons. I see a lot of Annas, people who are encouraging, people who are dedicated to serve God. And I love that about this church. And I, and I get to come back to this church where it all began and then we find Jesus himself, the man dedicated as a child at this time, the Lamb of God. And we, find, we look, revisit the words that Simeon gave. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Jesus has caused many to rise, but also to fall. What about you? Because of Jesus, do you rise or do you fall? Because his name is controversial. Believing in him is not this typical, normal, easy, breezy thing. Because, like, like Simeon said, a sign, it, he was a sign of God who's spoken against all over the world as it is happening to, even to this day. And it reveals the thoughts of many hearts. The name of Jesus, the most controversial name you could ever hear. I mean, there's a lot of controversial names out there that evokes emotions. Hitler, Stalin. Kim Jong-un. I mean, but, but, but that, that, the nowhere, nobody is, is close to Jesus Christ. I mean, this man, this name erupts, makes people it, it fight over. Emotions come, and this is the name. Some parts of the world, being a Christian is regarded the st- uh, enemy of the state. I mean, you, you realize that. We, we, it's hard to realize when we're here in Southern California, but we look around the world, and, and just like Rome once it was, that's why I have hope, though, because Rome changed over years. But, but now there are countries where if you are a believer, you says, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian, and you all of a sudden become an enemy, you become uh, arrested, or if you are suspected of being a Christian or a convert, you're taken away. You're, some countries are putting the psychiatric war because they're treating you like crazy, you know? And then there are places where you have to go to a labor camp. And it's not, it's no family camp. It's labor camp. And what do they do there? They beat you. They, they, they brainwash you. They, they, they kill you. I mean, this is the reality of this world. And therefore, in many countries, you have to keep your faith a secret. 
You can't even share to your own child because you never know this child might. Just say it out loud, and then everybody's arrested. A child is arrested, and child is beaten to death so, so that the parents could give up their family. I mean, this is 2019, and it is happening in this world. To have a faith in some countries means life and death. More than 50 countries, even more, a lot more, is, is, a, is a place where it's actually dangerous to be Christians. And it's happening right across the border, all over the world. And it is a reality that we cannot close our eyes on. But just like Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had experienced all this, there is a cost to follow Jesus. Yet these people, including Mary, they put their full trust in the name of Jesus. They find comfort like no one else. They find rest in his name, and therefore they are still living as this sacrifice, giving their lives up for the work of God, just like Jesus did, just like Mary did, Simeon and Anna and Joseph. Let us too, from here, from right here in Orange County, let us live this life following Jesus. I just came back from a conference or a, a youth retreat that I spoke in Vancouver, Canada, and I saw these many lives being, being changed by the Spirit of God and their, their, the name of Jesus. And I saw that, witnessed that. It wasn't a camp for, it was a camp mainly for Christians, but there are a few non-believers. And this girl accepted Jesus for the very first time. And we celebrated. It was like heaven opening up and just praising God. There are many people rededicating their lives to Jesus because they've been kind of shying away. They've been kind of lukewarm. But this is, I want all in now and there was this young guy young man let's say his name is ken he dedicated his life for the service of god and this man who came and, and says i, I want to serve god whatever it takes and, and, and ken came and we we all he, he we all laid hands and prayed for him i mean he's a he's a man he's a kid on fire for god and he's the type of guy who's like I don't know, but I'll go wherever God sends me. If he sends me to Somalia, I'll go. Even if that means I get killed, I'll go. I'll go to, I'll go to places where nobody, I'll go. I mean, this is this kid. And everybody's like blown away. But his mom, I came home and his mom says, how was the camp? Because she was curious. Did, 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 did Ken say anything? She, you know, she was so curious. And I told her, yes, he, he gave his life to Jesus. He, he dedicated his life. And then the look on her face was not, it was mixed. It was happy because, you know, he's following God. Because that was, that's, that's, she's a Christian too. But she had a mixed feeling because it's her son. And she told me, what if he gets called to, to countries that are heavily persecuted? I know he will go. And I realized, yeah, mom. I didn't have a good word to say at that moment, but I just said, yeah, that could happen. But that could happen to all of us, Ken. God may call us and may take us to a place that is uncomfortable, maybe unsafe. And that is, can happen anytime because that is our God. And he is seeking this world. Who is the one who's going to serve? And I had a talk with Ken before I left. He's like, 
Oh, you know, Pastor Toby, um, I, I don't know, uh, but I'm thinking about this. I don't know if I'm going to be a full-time pastor. He's like the reality is hitting him, right? You could totally tell. He's like, oh, I, what did I just do kind of thing. I could totally tell. But I just say, pray with him. You know, he's like, yeah, it, you know, God knows your heart. He will guide you. He will protect you. And at that moment, it kind of hit me. It reflected me. I got some flashback of when I gave myself to Jesus. And, and there was a moment. And I, I had this crazy flashback, a time where I decided to be a church planner. Because I thought, you know, being in PCJC, let's just let's be a pastor. I, I love to serve the Lord. It, but, you know, our church is here. It's pretty safe. But there was a moment. And, in fact, David Golton was leading worship in one of our time at Mission Valley. It was our annual conference. And, and we were praying, and he, he was inviting people. He was singing the song. The cross before me, the world behind me, there's no turning back. And David is inviting people who is in, all in for God. And that day, I said, I'm all in. I, I've been kind of lukewarm, I've been kind of safe, but, but that particular call was to go church plant. And it was so mystery, but I knew that was where God was calling. And I was crying, and I was like, use me, God, wherever. And that's that moment. And I still remember that, that talking with Ken gave me a flashback. I, I, then I became scared, though. And I'm like, what if he takes me to a church plant all the way across the country, you know, anywhere? And I said, because I said anywhere. I can't specify, God, just take me to somewhere local, somewhere I don't have to travel that far. But I said, oh, I'm all in. But he did open up to my home, home in Huntington Beach. And it was, there's difficulties there, but definitely I have to admit, there are times where I fell in back to this lukewarmness, like, oh, let's keep it safe. I mean, we don't get persecuted in Huntington Beach or Costa Mesa or anywhere in Southern California, perhaps in a very subtle way, but not as nowhere close to what's going on in other areas of the world. But those are the times where you look back and really see God and ask yourself, what is my dedication to God? Because these are people, including Jesus, dedicated everything. And in his name, would you find rest? Would you find comfort? But also, would you find this fire to rise up and go? And with that, I want to end with this video. It's called Rise. We are called to rest. It's true to set down our burdens, to stop, to worship our sleepless God by trusting Him to provide while we do nothing. But rest must have its end. This body is made to move, to work, to go. The church at rest from her labor is beautiful in His eyes but the church in motion, we are his hands, his feet. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to worship him with exactly the good works he made us to do. Let us not rest too long and miss the opportunity to discover our place in his plan. Let us rise up now and go.
Church, let us rise up and go. Let us be spinned by God for His service. His name is worth sharing. His name is worth communicating. His name is worth holding on and sharing it and let the world know. Jesus dedicated his life to give you a new life, a give you new hope and a new destination. So what will we do? Let us rise, church. What is your dedication to your Savior this morning, for this year, for the rest of your life? Let's ask God, really, to make this our best year yet. Here are the weekly challenges, church. If you could bust out your phones, take a picture, put it on your wallpaper. Anyways, let's, let's do this. All right, here we go. So let's read Luke 2, Matthew 2, and then see these dedication of these people. What do you learn from their dedication? Grow. Hey, here's a question, maybe for this year. What kind of transformation do you want to experience this year? And I believe we will. I believe this church will go through this tremendous transformation because of God moving in us, in each and every one of you, as we overflow. What kind of impact do you want to make for God this year? Let us not be shy about this. Let us be bold. Let us also be, be very honest with these questions. So now... I want to lead us in a time of prayer. And I want to do this as a kind of an invitation for you to really seek out God right now as we close this first service of this 2019. So would you bow your heads with me? Let's ask God to give us the strength so that we can rise and go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the body of Christ, which is every one of us. Yes, 2018 was crazy, but it's in the past. It is 2019. So we look to you. Yes, we don't forget where we come from. We never forget where we come from, but we look to you to this new year, the new season, where you're wanting to take us from here and forward. So God, I feel... Like some of us have been kind of on the fringe, kind of been debating whether to go or not, whether to rise or not. I, I, I want to invite everybody today and just be honest with you and God and don't worry about anything else. But if, if you want to see this 2019 be a year of transformation, perhaps take deeper step to grow spiritually in your walk, maybe perhaps like actually read the Bible, or, or, or perhaps set a goal to, to do some study. Or maybe join the small group for the first time because it's kind of been intimidating. To, and if that's you, this could be a year of transformation. Or maybe, maybe for some, it's to serve in a new way for the very first time. Maybe in an area or capacity that you not you weren't willing to do before. But it says, I, you know, I was... I know there's a need, and I want to step in. And if that's you, if you seek a year of transformation, would you raise your hand and say, God, may this be a year of transformation. Praise God. Yes, yes, praise the Lord. God sees you. God sees you. And I see you. And, and, and let's have a talk later. Yes, 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 Lord. Thank you. And then, and then, and then, 
For some of you, maybe this is a year where you want to make an impact for God. It's not you making an impact, but it's the Spirit of God inside you that is going to make the impact through you. So if this is a year where you want to serve our next generation, because I, I cannot help but to have this heart for the next generation. And I want that to be the heart of this church, to serve our, our young ones from baby to youth, to even to college students. And if you want to be used by him to make an impact in their life, as, as many of you have made this everlasting impact in my life, this could be a year of impact. Or maybe to serve this world around you like never before. Maybe to give to a cause. But more than that, maybe to go and to be available. To to go to Baja, Mexico. To go to other places. Or maybe go down to the other street and serve the homeless of Costa Mesa for the first time this year. Maybe you said, no, it's too smelly over there. But maybe this is a year where it says, God, I want to make an impact for my community, for my people, for my family. Or maybe even participate in this Adopt-A-Chair campaign. It's not to make this church look nicer. Well, maybe there's a little bit of that. But no, more than anything, it's about changed life. Because we, we, we have somebody who we want to share the gospel of Jesus. We want to invite, but it's just been a little bit awkward. But this is a year where we could pray about that and, and we, could, we could purchase that chair or just say, I'm thinking about you. I want you to sit in that chair so that you could, you could encounter Jesus. If you want to make 2019 year of making an impact for God, however he wants to, then that could be your ears. And if that's you, then would you raise your hand and say, Jesus, would you use me? Jesus, use me for your kingdom to make an impact for this world in my family, in my neighborhood. Yes, God bless you. God sees you. He is going to use you. And maybe maybe this doesn't even apply in this room, but I want to just make this available. If, if you have never believed in Jesus Christ, if you've never put your full trust in Jesus Christ, you were on the fringe, but you were never fully sure, but today you want to make it sure. You want to make the name of Jesus official, God saves official in your life. If there's you out there in this room, would you raise your hand so that we could pray with you? This is something that I want to do this regularly so that we can seek God and make a step of faith in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we thank you for this room. Thank you for this church. We thank you for who you are in us. So, God, as those of, those of us responded, or maybe there's those who wanted to respond but just couldn't at this moment for some reason, would you make this a year where we are transformed? We look like never before. We're also making an impact for you. God, would you take this? Help us to rise. Help us to spin wherever you take us so that we can serve you better. We thank you so much. We look forward to this amazing year, 2019. In Jesus' name I pray. Enjoy with me saying amen. Now we want to enter into this time of communion. It is an opportunity for us to bring everything before Jesus and and take this communion. This is for us, those who made our commitment to follow Jesus. It is for the family of God to, to kind of check our pulse, right? So if you believe in Jesus, would you partake in this? 
And if you have not yet, if you believe but have not been baptized yet, maybe that's something that you could think about. But if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, would you come forward and receive the elements? And you know, when we really want to believe and know more of God, we need to give our full humility to repent. So maybe this is a time of repentance. Or maybe it is a time where we want to be transformed and grow. But in order to do that, we need to give Him the trust. Maybe it is a chance where you could bring up your doubt and say, I, I trust you now. Or maybe it is a time where we want to be an impactful and overflowing. We need to give full surrender. Maybe this is a time we could all bring that before the Lord Jesus as we come and receive the elements. So I'm going to pray. And then I want to ask everybody to get closer to the middle aisle. We're going to make two lines. We're going to and then, uh, start passing this forward or, or passing this out. And you would come forward. But before, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending us your son, Jesus Christ, to be the, the sacrifice, to suffer on the cross and die for our redemption's sake. And by that perfect, perfect Christ that you paid, that sacrifice, the Lamb of God, you offered once for all and paid for our sins, not for just me, not for just this church, but sins of all humanity. And in Christ, we receive this gift of life. So with repentance, but also rejoicing, we're going to enter into this time of Holy Communion. As we begin this year, we do this in obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ until you come return. So we reflect upon this deep love and whatever we need to bring in front of you this year so that we could, we could enter this year with just wholeheartedly. We, we bring everything to you because you, in you we find everything. In the name of Jesus. So on the night of betrayal, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In like manner, he took the cup. After the supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of this, all of you, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remissions of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. Amen. So Pastor Jenny, would you come forward? As I mentioned, I want to make, uh, let's, let's make two lines right here. Pastor Jenny will serve on this side. And then this time around, you could take it whenever. You could take it right after you get it. You could go back to your seat and prayerfully take it. That's up to you. But make it be a personal dedication before your Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his everything. What would you give?